Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the text for this morning comes from the Gospel reading. You may be seated. One of the first prayers you ever memorized, without even realizing it, especially if you grew up in the church, is the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, there is one of the petitions that goes like this, and lead us not into temptation. And yet Jesus in this morning's text says to His disciples and to you, Temptations to sin are sure to come. Now, is there a disconnect? If we're praying, Lord, lead us not into temptations, and that you tell us there's, there's tons of temptations that are going to come, is there a disconnect between these two? And the answer is no. Listen Luther's explanation. God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, We pray that we may finally overcome and obtain the victory. So the very petition that your Lord gave you to pray is in keeping with what Jesus is saying. Not because of only the world, not because of Satan, but because of your worst enemy. Your worst enemy is inside of you, yourself. Because of yourself, Do you and I pray, lead me not into temptation, Lord? Because of me, within me, there's a ton of temptation that rises up. Now, the kind of temptations of which Jesus speaks are not necessarily specific temptations, like a specific habit, a specific addiction, a specific peccadillo, The temptation of which he speaks is very clear in this morning's word. The temptation that he is saying will come upon you and has already come upon you is your unwillingness to receive Christ's forgiveness and your unwillingness to give Christ's forgiveness. That's a temptation that's common to every single one of us. A few of us may struggle with this addiction. A few of us may struggle with that peccadillo. All of us, all of us struggle with receiving Christ's forgiveness, trusting in it, finding comfort in it, banking upon it, and then giving it 
especially to people who have hurt us dearly. That's the temptation of which he speaks. Otherwise, Jesus would not have said, if your brother comes to you seven times and in seven times says to you, I repent, you are to forgive him. In fact, the text says you must. But you can't forgive unless you've got something to give. And that means, first and foremost, You've got to receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is not something that you're born with. It's something that you are given by the Holy Spirit through Christ. It's what He gives you. He gave it to Eve this morning. He gave it to Eve's parents and grandparents and family members. He gave it to you as brothers and sisters in Christ. He feeds it to you. It is not in you. It is outside of you. And it must come into you by the Holy Spirit. It's a miracle that you believe. And it's a miracle to keep receiving that forgiveness. Because you can't give what you yourself don't have. You remember Jesus talking to the woman who washed His feet. She loves much because she's been forgiven much. And the one who loves little has been forgiven little. The temptation of which Jesus speaks that is common to every single one of you, whether you are a church worker or not, whether you grew up among church people or not, is receiving and giving forgiveness. And do you know where we learned or didn't learn correctly how to give and receive forgiveness from the people with whom we grew up. Because how you give and how you receive forgiveness doesn't just affect you. It affects you and everyone with whom you have a relationship. It affects your marriage. It affects your divorce. It affects your family. It affects your children. It affects your relationship with your parents and they with you. It affects every facet of who you are and everyone with whom you have a relationship. That's why it's so important or Jesus would have never said, woe, woe to cause one of these little ones to sin. How? By not receiving forgiveness? How? by not giving forgiveness. And little ones aren't just children. Little ones are also adults. Jesus said very clearly, pay attention to yourselves. In fact, isn't it interesting if you noticed in the text, He says, pay attention to yourself. Then He talks about being forgiven and receiving and giving forgiveness. Then the disciples make this astounding statement that's only written here in the Gospel of Luke and only after this statement by Jesus. Jesus no more finishes this statement and He turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive Him. You know what the disciples' response was? Increase our faith. Why? 
because they could look inside themselves and realize, I don't have the ability to forgive. I struggle with receiving it and I struggle with giving it. And they knew it. I don't know if I always know it, and I don't think you always know it either. It seems as if you and I have to be struck down for us to see it. The receiving of grace. Because that's the only thing that pulls us back out of that dark ditch that your and my guilt and grief drives us. And then giving it when we're very aware that the person unto whom we're giving it doesn't deserve it because they've struck a knife so deeply within our hearts. Increase our faith. Not just in giving forgiveness, but in receiving forgiveness. You can't give what you don't already have. That's why it is a miracle for Eve to have received it. It's a miracle for you and I to receive it regularly weekly, daily. It's a miracle that you and I can believe that God is gracious to us in spite of things we've experienced or have been done to us or we've done to other people. It is a miracle that we believe He's gracious to us because of Christ Jesus. That is not something you can come up with in your head. Because if it is something that you can come up with in your head, then there is no need for faith. Faith says, in spite of what I see, in spite of what I think, in spite of what I'm experiencing, God is gracious to me. And I'm forgiven. And that person needs my forgiveness. To forgive is God's will toward us, isn't it? His will toward you is to forgive. There is no other will. There is only a will that is apart from that if we choose not to receive it. But His will toward you is to forgive always, endlessly, constantly. Therefore, His will for you is to receive His forgiveness regularly, endlessly, constantly. And His will then therefore is for you to give that forgiveness regularly, endlessly, constantly. Note this, how Jesus placed, lead us not into temptation. What petition does that follow? Lead us not into temptation. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Is that by happenstance or coincidence that God would put that petition following forgive us our trespasses? No. Jesus is making it very explicit in this text this morning. Listen to Luther's meaning. We pray in this petition, that is, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look upon our sins or deny our prayer because of our sins. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray 
nor have we deserved them. But we ask that He would give us all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. God gives you the strength since it is His will to forgive and it is His will for you to be His child. God gives you His strength by the Holy Spirit to receive that forgiveness and God gives you that same strength by the Holy Spirit to give that forgiveness. Especially to those with whom we struggle to give it. Paul said it in a different way. He said, Jesus told him, My power is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness to give. Your weakness to receive forgiveness. Being humble is the posture that He creates in order for you to receive His forgiveness, isn't it? He humbles you. Being humble is the posture, the only posture He wishes you to give it to other people. Not lording it over them. Not controlling them with it. Humbly giving it away. Just as He humbly gave it away from the cross for you. And having forgiven them, what do we say? We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. (laughs) It is God's duty to give you forgiveness. It is God's duty to give you the strength to give it to other people. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds on Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.